0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Caleb Sachs with Mindful Muscle Fitness out of Boulder, Colorado, Caleb, what is going on, man? How are you feeling today, brother?
2: Feeling good. How about you?
1: Always good, man. Always good. It's Friday right here getting ready for the weekend, but uh, it doesn't matter, man. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to have some fun today. Let's, let's get right into it here, Caleb. You know, um, we want to get started and kind of give you the floor here. I want you to go ahead and kind of give the viewers a little perspective on mindful muscle fitness here and, and go ahead and, and in your own words, explain how you would describe mindful muscle fitness and what you guys do.
2: Totally. So Mindful Muscle Fitness is the first ever gym designed for college students with affordable personal training and group classes and open gyms. Our goal is also to find a way to integrate both mindful meditation training and yoga as well as weight training. Um, Our goal is really to just offer a lot of guidance to students that um, aren't really sure where to go and how to start their fitness journey. So that's what we're, we're here to do, here to help yeah.
1: with. I love the description there. I think that's such a, a great perspective because I think when people think of, of just a fitness studio or a gym, you know, they think that broad sense. But the fact that you can mention that it's affordable for college students and for anyone in that demographic, I think that serves you super well, man. Mm-hmm. And um, especially because you are in that college town, like you mentioned, off air. So I think that's great. Now, um, kind of diving into it here, we'll start with the basics, um, Caleb. I mean, how many members are you serving currently?
2: So right now we have, I think about 30 people signed up for open gym membership so they can go in. On our app, we use Glowfox, so that's a signup system where um, students can go online through our app, sign up for an open gym. This gives them the opportunity to use our private facility so they don't have to wait in lines for the rec center. They um, get a little more free uh, leeway in how they can exercise um, the music they wanna play uh all that so the students really enjoy that and then i have right now i have 5 clients that i see a couple times a week and i have one group session that i lead once a week
1: yeah that's awesome that's great and so one i want to say i love the versatility there i think there's a lot of options for people to actually be a member and be a part of the facility and so um you know with you being at your mark right now, right, and how many clients you members you have currently? I mean, let's say hypothetically here, leads, clients, traffic, all these things, these things were unlimited. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course. I mean, how much higher can you go? I and mean, what would that that max look like?
2: Right. So right now it's really difficult because I'm based out of Boulder, Colorado, and the facility that I have is only 500 square feet. So we're pretty limited to the amount of members we can get. I think after calculating it, we can get about 100 members total for our Gym sign up, and then we can get up to about 30 to 50 members for one-on-one training slash uh, group training. But our goal is to relocate our facility in the next year or two. We're looking for more spots. Unfortunately, for anyone that's ever been to Boulder, Colorado, they understand the real estate is extremely expensive. For example, the last quote I just got was a 3,000 square foot facility asking for $10,000 a month in rent. So
1: yeah just yeah, trying to figure I, that out i definitely understand and i i mean i've definitely been there i understand that coming from new york right i think it, it's mm-hmm. you know the prices they they're gonna try to hit you over the head sometimes and i think that's kind of the biggest thing is like the how can you make sure overhead makes sense right totally. and that you're not just over there like in a place where you're one not happy and two like just kind of like overpaying for the space that you're getting. Right. And I think that's, right. that's one of the biggest thing. And obviously we can always dive into real estate, but I think a better question here that I want to kind of ask too, is what works best for you to get new people through the door? Right. Cause I think it's unique for everybody, but for you, I mean, what's been the best method of, of, of getting attention?
2: Our best method of getting attention is really just um, it's a lot of me and just some friends talking to people and other students about their fitness journeys and any, Roadblocks that they've run into in the past and how we can kind of go around that with our gym. One of the number one demographics that we've been reaching out to is um females, especially, because we do have this private training facility. And a lot of females have tried working out and they might go to our rec center. Unfortunately, they find it a little bit awkward. Some of the guys are a little weird. Or um, they just find it uncomfortable, they're not sure where to go, they need some guidance, so that's where we come in, and that's our main market that we're trying to get.
1: Yeah, yeah. And now, with the amount of clients you have here, Caleb, I mean, I think this is always a good question here too. Um, Not metrics specifically, but how do you track, right? I mean, I know you mentioned you have an app um, when people, I think, sign up or sign in, right? But how do you track how long someone's been with you? You know, if they're looking to cancel, for example, if if their membership's expiring, all those things, how do you track those?
2: So I'm really happy to say that so far, everyone that started with us has not canceled yet. What we do is sort of like a filter system. So we take clients in and we put them in more of an intensive one-on-one training system. So when the clients come to us, they might come in one to three times a week, depending on how much Um, assistance they may need and guidance. From there, we sort of downgrade them if they feel that it's appropriate. They don't want to keep spending money for one-on-one. And from there, we'll we'll just filter them into our, it's just $20 a month for signing up to the gym. And you also get access to our other apps where you can track progress and get programs from our coaches, et cetera.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think Honestly, <laughs> the fact that you have something in place is probably the biggest thing because I think oftentimes I see people here, a lot of fitness professionals. I mean, they track their macros, their body fat, how much weight is on the bar. But when it comes to their metrics, sometimes they're like, I think I have 30 clients. You know, sometimes I uh, don't know. And I think it, it's so important to, to actually make that an asset because how do you know where your business is kind of fluctuating? Is it going up, is it going down, right? Where are you right. trending? So
2: I would say uh, it's been uh, really helpful. We work with two different apps one of which is Glowfox that I mentioned, and that's a way for our um, members to go on and sign up for either training classes or open gyms super easily. And then we also have another app that's custom branded for us through Trainerize, and that keeps all of our members accountable on top of their stuff. It sends out auto messages and everything to make sure that they're coming back and not just forgetting about the workouts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's so important, right? I think, and that's probably why your retention has been so high, right? I think because there is that value. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this kind of is a good segue to this next question. Um, And it's a little bit of a longer question, Caleb, so bear with me on this. If you need me to repeat anything, by all means, let me know. Um, But a good question in itself. So um, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly, right? And it's going to be one, your lead generation, right? Getting people through the door, marketing simple as that. And then number two is going to be your acquisition, which is your sales, converting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then number three, you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Caleb, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
2: I would say probably the later end of the retention where you said, continue to buy more products. So as I mentioned, we sort of downgrade our clients so that they're still with us but they're paying a lot less and they're still in the system. So I think it'd be a great way to figure out some type of way to keep them still buying good, valuable products or training as time goes on, instead of just kind of staying there with the minimum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great response. I appreciate the transparency with that question too, because I think, you know, you can still put success to the side and still admit you can still improve in certain places. I think that's the biggest thing here. So I appreciate that. Um, now, last two questions for you, Caleb, my two favorite questions. I know you kind of alluded to earlier, but what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term?
2: Yeah, that's like my favorite because I'm only 20 years old right now. This is my first gym. And um, like I mentioned, we're trying to relocate. So the goal would be in the next year or two, so my senior year of college, or right after I graduate, opening up a three to 5,000 square foot facility where we offer both yoga classes, maybe cycling classes as well. And then also have that um, one-on-one group training and sort of studio fitness style, all for college students.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's great. And I think that's huge because I think it's it's almost an untapped demographic. I think people don't want to go in that direction because they think there's not any money there. But I mean, realistically, it's not about money here in this case. I think it's more or less about the value and, and understanding that. I mean, Hey, I'm sure you're on social media, brother. I mean, how many times have you seen these college kids, high school kids coming into college just wanting to peak and hit this fitness, you know, this is this, this reality or there's this, this new world that they've seen. Right. And it's like, I think it's pushed so hard now. And I think a lot of people want that demographic. They, they, they want to bring it in. And think about like Planet Fitness just to have the whole entire free membership for college mm-hmm. students or high school students. So I mean, realistically, there is value there. There's a lot of people who want to go to the gym and they will put that at the forefront because what are the bills do they have? <laughs> so, right. Exactly. You know. I would, um. um I definitely
2: okay. say like one of the number one things that I've noticed is a lot of college students will start college and they have their fun freshman year where they go off and party and their parents aren't there anymore. So no one's there to tell them no. But along with that, they stopped playing sports. They might've noticed that they have fallen out of shape and, Although their parents aren't there to tell them no, there's also no one there to tell them to keep doing something, to keep trying to better themselves. And it feels as though they really do need that accountability, someone to sort of hold their hand at first and say, this is how we're going to do this. This is what you got to do. And people have really been enjoying that so far.
1: Yeah, that's great, man. That's great. And also congratulations being so young and having your first gym, man. That's great. That's awesome. And so one last question, you know, I know you've only been open for a year here. Uh, and nothing, nothing wrong with that, but I like to ask this question just to get a little perspective, right? Um, and it's a good it's a good question for the viewers too, because I think it's a, it's a unique way of asking advice here. So mm-hmm. um, Caleb, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you?
2: I would say it would definitely be, although you're ambitious, it's important to, Be patient. Um, I've just noticed that over time, and this might just be because it's my first business, but I'm kind of hoping for this overnight success where I'm going to wake up one day and there's going to be members flooding in the door and I'm going to be sold out and I'm going to have so many problems because I'm so busy. But as many of the listeners know, that's not really how the real world works. So just this idea of being patient and sort of winning the day of every day trying to accomplish one extra task trying to get a new member, a new lead. That's always my goal.
1: Yeah. I love that. That was a mic drop of an answer there. Okay, so <laughs> way to close it out here, man. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out, Caleb. I mean, please shout out your social media. If you have anything, your website, Facebook, Instagram, please let us know. And where can people find out more about you and the gym?
2: Yeah, that would be great. So my Instagram, TikTok and um, website are all mindful muscle fitness Um, No spaces, no periods or any of that. Um, From there on our website, if you're in the Boulder, Colorado area and you're a student, you're more than welcome to go online. You can sign up for a free session from there. Um, Or if you're interested in some online training, you can go ahead and shoot us a DM through our Instagram and I I will connect on a call.
1: Yeah. There we go, Caleb. I absolutely appreciate your time, man, and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two seconds, though, just want to let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, Caleb. Thank you. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always...
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Austin from Warrior Welky CrossFit in Raymond, Mississippi. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
4: I'm great. Thanks for inviting me.
3: I'm excited to have you here and to talk shop about CrossFit and your business. But before we really dive into that, give me a brief background. You know, what was it that ultimately led to you becoming a gym owner?
5: Um,
4: I found CrossFit pretty soon after I got out of the Marine Corps and it was that camaraderie and that accountability factor that you just can't get at any other gym and I'd say about six months in I knew I wanted to coach I knew I wanted to own my own gym someday um I wanted to like completely fully invest so like I actually live here I've got a studio apartment upstairs and that's part of the reason it's been so successful is because I'm constantly here and I'm constantly working on things um but uh so, the gym, gym name is very sentimental to me. Um, so, when I joined the Marine Corps, I joined with a friend that I had known since the age of five. We joined together right after high school. Uh, he was killed in Iraq in 2004, and that's where the name Welke comes from. So, me and a bunch of friends from high school all had a vow that we name our firstborn son after him. And my son was actually the first, first kid of about... I want to say like eight now that have some kind of um, name resemblance. Um, and just one more way to commemorate his name. I w- was able to get with his family. I still talked to his brothers and mom. And I asked if it would be okay if we could name the gym after him. So that's why we came up with uh, Warrior Walkie.
3: I love the, you know, the story behind it. That's super sentimental, like you said. Um, and so... How long have you guys been in business now?
4: So I found this building coming up on two years ago in December. Um, We did a complete demo of this building. Originally, it was a gymnastics studio forever. I actually have some members here that used to do gymnastics here back in the day. Um, And then it was like five different things. It was a church for a while. It was uh, uh, some sort of like rummage store type thing, like secondhand store. And then it went through a transition where just nobody could like be in it. And I just kind of stumbled across it after, um, you know, having some hard times in my own life and trying to decide what I was going to do. And, uh, I stumbled across it and I talked to the owner who is now living in Florida and he was just really ready to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, I think it was the next day I was in starting a demo by myself. And then I had, multiple friends which are now like coaches and stuff that helped me do all the demolition for like three months straight so business officially um started we had a soft opening in april almost two years ago and then we had our hard opening in may but um definitely couldn't have done it without my friends i have a lot of friends that i would mention but it would probably be a 15 minute list (laughs) but all of them have been i mean loyal from the start and some of them are coaches now, and it's just been it's been great. The community is the most amazing part about this gym.
3: Yeah, no, I mean any any gym, like typically what makes it good is the people. Um, yeah. And so I love to hear that you have some people that really care kind of walking behind you and being a part of the gym. Um, so give us kind of your elevator pitch of the facility now. So like the services that you provide kind of just paint a picture. Obviously, we know you're CrossFit because of your name, but all CrossFit gyms kind of operate a little bit differently.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, So what me and my buddy Jason, the guy that owns Fidelis next door, um, I would say we're kind of business partners in theory. We own the building together, um, but we have separate businesses. So he's a recovery center. He also has a performance center where kids will come in here and do you know basketball football baseball practice type thing and then his bread and butter is kind of his recovery where he's got you know compression sleeves and cryotherapy chamber and myofascial release all that kind of stuff but then on, on my side of the building it's you know seven classes a day um and we have memberships like all over the place so we have a really great like student rate and then family rate military rate and we just have a really um broad array of members from age skill level and everything like that but we're trying to be like a one-stop shop because there's you know typically you go to a crossfit gym and you need to go recover somewhere else but here we're trying to give it all of all that stuff like in one area so we do like a meal prep service through uh, aok food and fitness which is locally owned Um, uh, it's a it's a husband and wife that own that. The uh, the owner is a nutritionist and a personal trainer himself, and then the wife is the chef. So, incorporating stuff like that, and then having Jason that has like all the stuff for recovery, it just works out really, really well. And like the two communities together, it just makes us extremely strong.
3: Yeah, it's good that you have like his business kind of going on to supplement um it's like a referral system like he can refer people to right. you and you can refer people to him um right. and that's that's awesome um do you guys do pt at all in this the facility like are you training or you or your coaches like doing any personal training
4: yep so we do that as well um we have more open gym hours than a lot of gyms do so we don't feel like members have to do that but we definitely offer that and we'll have members you know buy personal training packages for birthdays or you know Christmas all that kind of stuff um but yeah I mean we we offer it a lot um there's not a ton of people that take advantage of it but it's also not my main passion either like I mean I have no problem doing it but I prefer to have you know bigger classes and families and all that kind of stuff
3: yeah the reason why like i ask it like personal training is not something that every crossfit gym offers however it's smart to offer it because um we're always going to have that member that has like a super specific goal it's going to take them a little longer to achieve that goal in a crossfit class than it would if we were like building them a specific program to help them achieve their goal and people like to see results um personal training like we can work with anybody. So um, that was like a huge step for us when we realized that and started offering it. The supplemental revenue was awesome and the results that like our clients with those more specific goals were seeing was really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, Next question that I have for you here is, you know, how many members do you guys have right now? What does that picture look like?
4: Uh, we're about at 140 right now. Um, And that's including, you know, your family memberships and stuff like that as well.
6: Okay. is it's not like
4: all 140 are paying separate rates. It's, you know, um, 140
3: total. Okay. So 140 members, is that a place where, like, you feel pretty good, pretty comfortable, or are you guys looking to step on the gas, help more people, get more members?
4: Um, I'm definitely comfortable, and it's definitely more – than I thought we would be at for this stage as far as being a newer gym. Um, but I mean, I would always like to get some more. I, I typically, I mean, I guess my goal originally was to be at 140. So I think my new goal would be to be at, at like a constant 180. Um, I mean, you owning a CrossFit gym yourself, you know that members come and go all the time. So I'd like to be just at that solid number um, where it's very manageable, but very personal still
3: yeah i mean i'll be honest with you like uh when i had 150 members versus now you know 350 members like the level of personableness now is no different than it was when we had 150 we still know everybody's name everybody still gets personalized messages from us we still give everybody that good experience that they were getting when we were smaller and i think that for you like you know, you hit your goal of 140, you'll hit your goal of 180. And I think like your goals will probably evolve as you can continue to do more for your community. So what are you guys actively doing to aid the growth process to find new members? What does that process look like? Like, how are you marketing yourselves?
4: Um, So most of it is definitely like word of mouth, which has been the most success. Um, I also do have a buddy that, um, Is a programmer, a computer programmer that's kind of got a system that he's working on. And we're kind of like, I guess you could say, in the beta phase of it has been really good. Um, But, like, you know, my big thing about that stuff, because I have seen businesses that use stuff like, you know, two brains mentorship or something like that, where it just starts to get impersonal. So, what we're trying to do is keep it very personable and make sure they're not just getting, you know, blown up with emails that that we don't even know are happening or like text messages that just don't seem personal. So like, I think our main goal um, is with his program that he's doing is to keep it very personable and know that you're always talking to somebody rather than a just a message that's automatically being sent back to that person because they they sent a message to us.
3: Yeah, so right now, like what you're doing with word of mouth, um, you said that that's been effective. So. You know, we all love word of mouth in this industry because it's free. So Mm -hmm. I love word of mouth just as much as you. But when we look at scalability, it's hard because we can't predict the word of mouth that's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to have a month where everybody's talking and we have a bunch of members flowing in or if we're going to have three or four dry months. Like we just don't know. Um,
4: So and on top of that, you know, I should mention, I'm sorry, I, 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 as I'm sitting here, um, I have a, a girl that does social media for me. That's one of my best friends and she's amazing. I mean, she'll just make posts without me asking. Um, and she'll just, you know, promote towards kid. Like we just added kids fit not too long ago. And she made an amazing post about that without me saying anything. Uh, she just comes in on her own time all the time and just, you know, rather than come into class to work out, she's just sitting there just taking pictures and making videos and, She does an amazing job with that. So I can't imagine, you know, where we would be without her.
3: Yeah. Social media since 2020 is like the most effective way for us to grow our businesses, believe it or not. Um, And so if you have a presence in those areas, that's great. Are you guys posting all organically or are you doing any sort of like ad campaigns with the content that she's creating?
4: Do you mean like boosting posts?
3: Uh, well, like, you can boost posts, but there's also, like, a, an option where you can run an ad campaign.
4: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, um, we do those sometimes. I wouldn't say it's very often that we do those. Um, usually it's just, you know, your typical, like, two, three posts a week type thing, and we get lots of response from that.
3: Okay. So, um i've heard of people like boosting and i feel like i've tried the boosting thing before and like didn't really see success with it um yeah and i think like it's because it's not targeted um it wasn't until like for for us like we started doing an ad kit like a targeted ad campaign so we were looking for clients who wanted to pay the higher ticket for personal training so we would run some sort of ad campaign for that and we would target it at like the audience that we were looking for um and that was really really beneficial and we were getting like a three-to-one return on it but it's a matter of like Mm -hmm. figuring out how to do that because i know for sure like i'm not a tech expert i don't know about you but figuring out the nitty-gritty of like how to get those types of things started it's it's definitely challenging but effective like i said earlier we're living in such a digital world so yeah um Okay, so I want to ask you here, um, what would you consider to be kind of your biggest business-related challenge? Like, if you were to look at the business side of things, what would you say poses the biggest challenge for you all right now?
4: Um, I would say the biggest challenge is – man, that's a tough one. There's probably two main things that would – pop up in my head and that's one like we're really huge on the community and I want like the other gyms around me to understand like that's what we want like we're not trying like I hate looking at other gyms as you know competitors or anything like that I'd rather feel like we're just one big community and we're helping each other out so I think that's the biggest one but the other one is like getting people in the door and really making them understand that, Hey, you got to put in the work for, I would say like a solid three months to really understand like, Hey, this is what CrossFit is. This is what it can do for me. But it's the people that, you know, say they keep a membership for two or three months, but they only come 10 times and they're like, Oh, CrossFit's not for me. And I just want to be like, well, you didn't really try. You didn't give it a a true solid try. And you just got to push past that, you know, three month mark or that, that mark of, Hey, I'm sore every day. Yeah. You're going to be sore. Cause this is a different type of working out and you just got to get your body used to that. And if you can, then it's going to work for you.
3: Yep. And I think like for many people, like they just don't have that fitness background. And so people kind of relate like these quick fixes that they see like online or whatever and they're like oh well I want that and they don't realize that something like CrossFit is going to take a little while for you to see like results and to feel better um but like once you get into that routine it is going to help you feel better um so it sounds like you know you kind of have a little bit of like with the wishy-washy people a little bit of like retention like challenges right people come in and then they stay what would you say is the average lifetime of your clients right now?
5: Um, I'd say
4: about 60 to 70% are saying.
3: Okay. Well, what do you think that you can do to increase that and make it even better?
4: Um, I think just being, you know, very honest with them when they come in the door and they do like their on-ramp or like their initial, you know, fundamentals class that you're just really being, you know, I've been, I've been trying to kind of be more, up front about like hey you got to stick it out like I could promise you this is going to work but you've got to put the work in and that seemed to help out a little bit but I'm sure there's other things that go along with that.
3: Yeah I kind of look at it a little bit like deeper so Typically, like if somebody's leaving, it's because they don't see the value in staying and they think that, well, you know, I don't need this gym membership. I can just do it at home or this isn't serving me. So I'm going to go elsewhere. Like those are right. typically the reasons. Of course, we're always going to have, they're always going to tell us something different, like that they're moving or whatever, because right. they don't want to tell us the real truth. But usually, like people aren't seeing value. So they're going to leave. So I try to look at it as what additional value can we bring to the facility to help these people reach their goals? So usually people need the fitness, they need the accountability, and they need like the nutrition. Those are kind of the three tiers that are going to help somebody be successful. And I think the biggest part there is the accountability. Um, Do you guys have any sort of like accountability programs where you're checking in with your clients throughout their journey? Um, to make sure that they stay motivated to keep coming?
4: Um, We do. We don't have like a verbatim checklist by any means. Um, And that's kind of done purposely because I don't want it to feel like it's just a boxed. you know, you go to the doctor and they're asking you these questions, but are they really, do they really care? You know? Um, So we're very much working on being very personable as far as like, even when you're coaching, like bringing in your own, Um, I guess you'd say like you know if I was doing this workout I would do this or do that or just tips and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but bringing it towards the clients as far as like making sure that we're very personable with the clients as well or the athletes.
3: Yeah I mean I think that there's a number of ways that you can continue like build a process around checking in with your clients but keep it personable. Um, For me I have like a kind of guide that i follow like on their first week with us i'll send them a video text on their second week with us and i go like all the way up until they've been with us for two months and then the follow-ups just kind of like lessen after that like once they get to that threshold where it's like okay they've been here for two months like they're definitely committed then i follow up like a little bit less but for the first two months i follow up with them every single week and i send different types of messages to them that are specific to that person so you know i might send you a video text like hey austin saw you in class today working on your clean congratulations on hitting your pr or whatever um and then like i might send you a nurturing piece of information like after that about like some sort of stretch or some sort of like piece of information that would be useful for you and we do that yeah. with all of our clients like i have a pot of clients that i reach out to we have other staff members that have pods of clients that they reach out to and it definitely helps like to have that personalized kind of relationship with the clients and make them feel valued and seen and that helps with you know the retention piece but um if I were to hand you a magic wand all your goals all your dreams for the business had came true what would that picture look like for you?
4: um honestly it's not far off <laughs> I'm kind of living the dream right now and being real with you um you know I mean down the road I would eventually like to hire a full-time like head coach manager type thing but that's not anything that I'm looking for anytime real soon um other than like summer so I'm, I'm originally born and raised in South Dakota so perfect world I would get to go back there for a month or two during the summer and have somebody that I can completely rely on to run the gym, just like I would run the gym. But, I mean, other than that, um, I mean, I really feel like I'm living the dream, having great members, great friends, great coaches.
3: Is this, like, your primary, like, job right now?
4: Yeah, I was I was brought here as a paramedic uh, through an internship program. And um, post, or, like, right before 9-11, I was kind of given a – ultimatum of like, Hey, if you want to be our gym manager at this gym, I was at prior, then we want you to do that full time. Cause we don't want you to be on the ambulance at the same time. Cause you could be bringing, you know, all the, all the COVID stuff back with you. And that makes people uncomfortable. And at first, you know, I was a little like, I don't know if I could do that, but looking back on it, I'm very glad that I did. So I learned a lot of stuff from that gym. Um, good things things that could be improved, all that kind of stuff, but I couldn't have done, I couldn't be here today without learning some of the stuff that I learned from them.
3: Of course, definitely. Um, I just always like to hear you know people's backgrounds. So it's cool kind of how you got here and now you have this gym, you're doing well, you're happy where you're at. Um, if you had to give a word of advice to somebody who is fairly new to the industry, what would you have to share with them?
5: Hmm,
4: That's a tough one. Um, I guess I would say, like, have, have very reachable goals. Um, be personable with people. Have um, your, your coaches be people that you get 110% trust. Um, and know that it's going to be hard for a little bit before it gets better. Because, I mean, hardly ever do you go into your own business and it's just, boom, successful. Um, it's going to go through some hard times, uh, even though, you know, I feel like I've been very blessed in the fact that we were almost immediately successful. So um, I would say somebody new coming in to not ever expect that that's going to be the way that's going to go. But I mean, obviously hope that it will.
3: Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you, um, Austin, for being here today, for sharing your insight on the industry and listeners. We thank you guys for tuning in as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
3: Use coupon code Lords on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement
6: orders. What's up, Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Jesse from Alien Boy Boxing Academy in East Moline, Illinois. What's up, Jesse? How are you today?
5: Pretty good. How are you?
6: Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right. So let's waste no time getting into the details here. What is it that made you want to start your own boxing academy? What's the um, what's the backstory there?
5: Years ago when I was uh, when I was a kid, there was we didn't have my parents didn't have a car. So I would and we couldn't go to play any other sports besides go to park play basketball. Then I found out about a boxing gym that was about a mile away. So I started going there. I would just walk down there and they didn't charge or nothing and it was free. So that's how it all started. Just a place to go and, you know, work out.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So do you structure your gym today in the same way?
5: Um, mine's more, more different. Back in the day, it was more the, the, the other gym was more like a, more hardcore. You know just the the training wise and all that. this one's more like I just want the gym where everybody feels accepted like no matter what level you're on, you mm-hmm. know just everybody's just accepted, you know we of course we have other kids that are more advanced than other ones, but this one's just just all basic, just basic training and everything.
6: okay. all right, and how do you structure? your business model within the facility? So are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through how you lay things out there.
5: Yeah, I mean, we have the time set for kids right after school a program. So mm-hmm. they come in, they don't charge them. They just come in, we give them about 10 rounds of work. You know, we have that all structure, come in with stretch outs, uh, jumping rope, shadow boxing, hitting the bag, getting at work, and um, then we also have the night class, which runs for about an hour and a half, and those are mainly adults that want to come in and just work on cardio, Mm -hmm. dropping weight and all that. We do have some that come in that do compete, so they'll come in and get some sparring and all that, but everything's just You know, it's just, everybody's trained different. If they wanna train like more harder, more intense, then they'll come and they'll talk talk to me or the other coaches. And then we'll like up their training. But we try to keep everybody where they all can do it together, you know?
6: Yeah, got it, okay. So you're doing both kids and adults?
5: Yes, we separate them though.
6: Got it, okay. And how many members or clients are you currently serving overall?
5: Kid-wise? I want to say we're having we're about 50 50 kids but they're not there every day you know some are playing other sports so they're in and out but we have about 50 kids and then at night we have about 12 adults
6: okay okay and is your main focus more so geared toward the kids yes yeah yes okay got it and so now are you at a point right now where you're looking to grow both sides the kid side and then the adult side as well
5: mm, if I probably the kids side kids yeah. side of it because we also we have a lot of gyms out here you know that the adults you know? I wasn't I didn't open a gym thinking about that the adults you know I just mm-hmm. figured we might get a couple that come in but it's mainly for the kids and I would like to expand it to another area with the same gym
6: yeah okay all right so yeah geared more toward the kids and how are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do so that you can reach more kids and get them in the gym a lot of
5: it is social media and then um there's a lot of like events in our area so like we'll be in parades hanging out flyers having a booth you know so and a lot of the a lot of the schools around here know about the gym and other gyms so they'll refer kids down to gyms in their area so, and then we yeah. also have all these we have about six boxing gyms in our area six or seven so some gyms might refer a kid to one of our gyms or we might refer someone to one of their gyms depending on where their location's at
6: okay and so on the kid's side of things is that all nonprofit? yes got it yes. okay Okay. Um, So nonprofit, and then the adult side of things is for-profit? Is that how that typically works? No.
5: Not really? They they could do a donation. Usually um, if they do a donation of $25 a month or something, but I really don't charge nobody. Unless it's like a one-on-one session Mm -hmm. and then we'll do that.
6: Got it. Okay. So they're typically just making like a monthly donation to yes
5: and I also sell um like gloves equipment okay uh, t-shirts and hats so whatever I can to raise money for the gym
6: right okay all right so that's more so what you're doing to be able to keep the doors open essentially selling some of the retail stuff and then also the monthly donations from those who can do it. Got it. Okay. So what are your main focuses within the business right now? Where are you focusing most of your time and attention?
5: Right now with my schedule, I'm on nights. I mean, I, I come in at a night class, so okay. I'm more there. And then like on my days off, I'll stop in, but I have two coaches that help, that train during the daytime for the kids. Okay. I have uh, Korea and uh, Frank the Toy. Okay. We all work together.
6: Yeah. Okay. And is this what you do full time or do you also have no,
5: I have okay. a job full time, six six a.m. to six p.m. Oh wow. Then, okay. Yeah, but I have certain days off like today. So I'll go into the gym earlier today since I'm off.
6: Got it. Okay. And what are your goals? What is the big picture goal for the gym? Where would you like to see it go over the next say six months to a year?
5: um i like where we're going right now i just want to get the, the the kids that want to compete i just want them to get get better each month as we go on because they're already competing we have a uh, kids fighting um in waterloo iowa on september 24th okay so three, three amateur kids that i gotta get competing so that's the one of the um, Things I kind of want to expand on with the kids is getting them in more future shows for competition.
6: Got it. Okay. And one thing that I always love to ask about with every business owner that I speak with is any challenges or bottlenecks within the business. So are you facing any challenges or bottlenecks currently in the business?
5: It was probably more the first challenge money wise would be the winner because I didn't realize how much the heating bill would be and that yeah. was actually that was pretty high so when it's not profit that that kind of snuck up on me you know the heating bill mm-hmm. but during the summer it's really nothing because we don't put the AC on we want it hot in there and then you know the ch- another challenge right now is with a lot of these kids coming in our place is too small for it. You know, for all these kids at one time.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, so we got like 30 kids in there all at one time and trying to get them all to jump rope at the same time or hit the bag. So, right. So, I mean, future goal to get a bigger place, you know, maybe in the next year or two.
6: Got it. Okay. And how large is the space that you're currently working with? i oh,
5: say about 1,700 square feet. But okay. we also have a, a makeshift ring that we built in there. So okay. that takes space also
6: right okay and so potentially needing a larger space in the future so what are you doing to kind of set yourself up to to be able to get there because it's a little bit hard when it's non right because yeah, yeah. it's like well, a while yeah but
5: i also do other shows outside of this boxing wise on the on the professional level mm-hmm. so i've been doing that for couple years. I have about 16 pro shows. So but I always wanted to open up my own gym, not for profit-wise, just for the kids to come in. So anyway I keep the the gym open, you know, I work overtime or something. So we also did apply for some grants. So hopefully we might get approved for one.
6: Okay. Yeah. I mean it's definitely um a little bit challenging, you know, when you're you're wanting to serve as many people as you can, but obviously with a kind of a nonprofit setup, it's a little bit more challenging to be able to expand the space when there's not necessarily Mm -hmm. that revenue coming in. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that can be kind of a a tough spot to be in. Um, so now how long have you had the gym for?
5: Uh, we barely going on one year in beginning of August.
6: Okay. All right. So it's still kind of a a new venture basically. Um, but what is one of the most important things that you've learned throughout this year in ownership of a gym? What's one thing that has really stuck out to you?
5: I would say just the the joy from the gym members, like when they show appreciation for what's going on. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's worth it, you know, when you see a little kid smile or they come up to you and some kids hug you, you know, they'll tell you to report cards, stuff like that. So, you know, and there, we have, I do have one that's a 20 year old and he came up to me and he said that if he didn't find this gym, he'd probably be running the streets still. So, I mean, stuff like that feels good.
6: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right? Whether you're in a for-profit gym or a nonprofit gym, it's all about how you're reaching people on another level, right? Changing their lives, improving their lives, extending their lives in a lot of ways. So absolutely, that's the most rewarding part for sure. All right, awesome. Okay, so as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
5: Uh, So so I have uh, Alien Boy Boxing on Facebook and I also have Alien Boy Boxing Academy on Facebook and on uh, Instagram, Alien Boy Boxing. So All you got to do is Google Alien Boy Boxing, it'll pop up. And I Perfect. also have alienboy.com.
6: Awesome. So pretty simple to find you there. That's yeah,
5: awesome. yeah, just put in Alien Boy, it'll all pop up.
6: Perfect. All righty. So Jesse from Alien Boy Boxing Academy in East Moline, Illinois, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexisbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexisgroup.com.